Church volunteers, they are so vital to the ministry, but recruiting and keeping volunteers can be challenging. Today, Angela Yee will share some helpful tips on this important topic next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Welcome to episode number 382, I believe it's 382, of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. I'm pretty sure it's 382. We're getting up there, Steve. How are you today? I'm doing good. All right. Good deal. Uh, So we have a guest today, which we will introduce in just a moment or so. I want to take care of some business, though. We have an exciting webinar coming up May 16th. Uh, If you're listening to this uh, or watching this podcast before May 16th, we'd encourage you to sign up. It is about software encoders. Uh, And Steve, tell us a little bit about this webinar and what people can expect. Yes, we're going to go into the pros and cons. You know, why choose a software encoder like vMix? So we have one of the key guys, Heath Parker from vMix, that's going to join us. And we're going to kind of go through the ins and outs of if you're looking for an encoder and uh, you're, you know, should I get a hardware encoder, software encoder, and software encoders that are out there, you know, what's the landscape like? So we will be talking with Heath Parker and he's going to give us He's been doing a lot longer than we have um, and much more broadly. So he's the expert in the field. So we're going to learn all about software encoders and learn about vMix too. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is obviously pertaining to streaming video. Uh, that's what we do. And so if you're interested in this, uh, you can sign up. It's going to be May 16th. It's my mother's birthday, May 16th. Uh, and it's actually, the, the webinar is actually going to start a little later than we usually start. We do this monthly now. We do different webinars monthly, and uh, this one will be happening 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Am I right about that? Yeah. That is 6 correct. P- 6 p.m. Eastern time, so 3 on the West Which, Coast. And um, 8 a.m. Australia time. Yeah, the 8 a.m. in that would be May 17th, Australia. So oh, those that's of you, right, yeah. Yeah, those of you listening from Australia today, uh, so well, uh, well, Heath is joining us from Australia. That's why I mentioned it. So that's right. He is. And, uh, and, and he'll be a day ahead of uh, 17 hours ahead of us. So if you want to, if you want to like invest in some stocks and stuff, you know, you might want to talk to him because he's ahead of time, right? He's in the future. Isn't that how that works? Uh, yes. Is, is that, is that, okay. All right. So uh, how do you sign up for this webinar, Steve? It's free, but how do you sign up for it? You go to webinar.streamingchurch.tv webinar.streamingchurch.tv. All right. Yeah, sign up today. We're actually, uh, we're going to be giving something away. Do we know what we're giving away yet? <laughs> I think we're giving uh, an upgrade to vMix away. All right. Okay. So uh, anyhow, good, good information as we try to bring you. All right. So enough about us. Uh, let me put my glasses on here. I want to introduce our guest. Uh, her name is Angela Yi, and she has uh, created practical articles and books. Uh, that make life easier for leaders. That sounds good to me. There are books on Christian event management, on personal organizing, and uh, now there's a newly launched book she's got out called The Volunteer Bridge, a practical approach for moving people from sitting 
to serving. And uh, you can also see her articles. They're found on our website, AngelaYee.com. And uh, Angela, thanks for being our guest today. How are you? I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, we're, we're glad to have you here. And as, as you know, and we all know, those of us, we've all been involved in ministry for a long time. Volunteers are, are, are hugely important to the life of a church. And uh, they're just very valuable. And uh, we can't get enough. We can't share enough love for our volunteers that, that work. So uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about this book and about some questions uh, Steve, will, if you've got something lined up, go ahead and tee it off. <laughs> well, one thing is certain churches seem to have a knack where everyone's involved. The volunteers are up and out of their seats and they're they're uh, they're making it happen. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we've got just really frustrated church leaders that are having to do everything and can't get people motivated. So so why is that? Well, there's lots of reasons for that, and uh, there's no magic bullet for volunteer mobilization and engagement, but there are certain principles that churches can engage in when it comes to mobilizing volunteers, and the way that I like to picture it, it's almost kind of like a train track, so that you have two rails building simultaneously to create that thriving volunteer culture. One side is the culture piece, which has to do with the teaching and the beliefs, the values, the expression. The other side is the systems piece, which has to do with tools and processes and teams, just structures that you put in place. And so some churches do one or the other a little bit better. Uh, I would say that the ones that are really thriving is because they've really tapped into that side of building that volunteer culture. And they're able to just kind of inspire people, remind them of their greater purpose and their calling, and people respond as a result. That's great. There's one of the things that I think you must be uniquely gifted at is creating kind of uh, word pictures of things that are going on. I, I visited your website and you kind of you talked about drew an illustration of someone sitting in their seat, which everyone does every Sunday. You're going to have a church full of people that are sitting in their seat. And then on the other side is somebody that's actively standing up and serving. And then there's this river separating the two. So that's kind of ties into the theme of your book, building a bridge. So um, what are some of the, you know, how does one go about start to build that bridge? Yeah. So what you're describing is kind of this picture that I have in mind that there are people sit on the shores of sitting is how I put it. And they're just not involved. They're just engaged and they're bystanders and they're watching. But the goal is to get them over to the land of serving where they're actively engaged and they're living out God's call in their life and really involved in ministry. And so the, the idea is then is to build a bridge over it, um, over that middle section, which I call the swamp of inertia, <laughs> because the inertia is just really hard to get people to move. And there's all sorts of barriers and all sorts of, you know, issues and, and maybe just some resistance to serving. And so what are ways that we can build that bridge over um, to, to help people cross into the land of serving? So it's all about lowering the, the inertia level. It's all about kind of uh, looking at where people are at and seeing what are ways that we can help them take the next step. And so there's some people who are just ready to serve. Well, if that's the case, great. Get them connected easily, immediately. And then there's some that are just not ready 
And that takes a lot more time where it, it might involve prayer, inspiration, teaching, and those sorts of things. I assume there's there's a lot of steps between the sitting on the one bank and then making your way all the way over to the other. So there's, I assume there's things that, that church leaders can do to get people to, to start onto the bridge, you know, maybe some low, uh, you know, uh, low friction thing. And then pretty soon they, you know, after several steps they're to the other side, or there, is that the, is that the path or is it just trying to catapult people from one side to the other? Oh, it's all about whatever next step that people can take, you know, and so there actually is a continuum of where people are at. Got the people who are ready to serve. I call them the convinced. Like it's basically just add water, you know, and then they're ready to go. Right. And so what those people really need is information. So is it easy to find? Are they able to immediately connect with what they need to have so that they know exactly what to do? And then the other side of the spectrum is the people who are totally complacent. They don't even know what serving is. It's not even on their radar. Or if it is, they really don't, you know, they're just not interested. And so the system needed for that side is the inspiration system, which is teaching the word of God. It's testimonies. It's building relationships. So there's a, a continuum. And my book outlines four different stages that people are at and the kind of system that's needed to help them take that next step. So is the, go ahead, go ahead. I want to jump in here, but go ahead, Steve. Finish your uh, question. Is the book is it is it targeted towards the senior pastor, or is it where who's it or is it targeted towards you know lay leadership within the church? Is it, you know where's the who's the recipient of the who's the best target for this for your um, approach? It's at different levels. So yes, it'd be great for senior pastors because part of the the recommendation that the book makes is to centralize some of the efforts in volunteer mobilization because that cuts down the competition between ministries and it helps kind of develop a quality standard that's consistent for all people, depending on uh, despite which ministry they're signing up to serve. But it could also be for the ministry leader, like how to mobilize people in my own ministry how do I develop a volunteer mobilization team in my own ministry that can really help connect people into serving in our ministry? Uh, let me jump in here and ask you a question here, Angela. Uh, so um, we had, uh, I used to work with a guy who was uh, just really good at recruiting people. I mean, if he was, if he was a college basketball coach, you know, he'd probably have all these great players because he was just great at recruiting. Um, but some people aren't as good at recruiting. And Steve, you know who I'm talking about is Randy White. Yeah. Randy was really good at recruiting for the children's ministry, you know, um, and it, we're, Steve and I go back a long ways, but so, but some people, you know, it's hard for them if they're leaders, they're not some, some of them are, you know, a lot of leaders are introverts, right? So uh, any tips for these people that aren't maybe out there, you know what I mean? Uh, if, if I'm an introverted leader, which I am, uh, how do I get out of my shell and how do I recruit? Or maybe that's, maybe I'm short circuiting what you're saying here. No, I told, like, I, I'm with you because I am one of those people. I find it really hard to talk to people. I don't know, you know, and it feels a little odd to like ask them to do things. I think there's a couple of factors that go behind that. First is acknowledging that we're not all good at everything and it's okay if you have a hard time recruiting volunteers, like that just may not be your bet. 
But if it's not, are there people you can partner with? Are there people that you see, they're just like natural inclination is to invite someone to something. I call them like super recruiters, right? Like there's always people I go to church, I'm like, oh, who invited you? And they're like, so-and-so invited me. Next person, same answer. Next person, same answer. There's just some people that are very skilled and gifted at that. But then the other part to remember about volunteer recruitment is a huge part is relational. And so it might just be like having coffee with somebody, you know, someone you might meet that is new, getting to know them and their interests, because the power of a personal ask far exceeds any kind of system that you can put in place. So developing relationships is really key. And and let's talk, you and Steve were talking about systems, and I'm a systems guy. Steve is too, I think, and we're, we're in the systems, right? But but, but talk a little bit about the culture part, because at the very beginning of this podcast, we talk about, you know, it, it really needs to be part of the church's culture. How, how does somebody listening to this podcast that's in leadership, how do you develop that culture that will attract volunteers and get people serving? A huge part of storytelling. So, if, you know, scripture, obviously, of course, is key and it's critical, um, not everybody, not most leaders don't have the opportunity to preach sermons about serving or anything like that, but there's always an opportunity to share a story. And so whether it's someone on stage sharing a story, a short video clip, um, a testimony of any kind, like people really appreciate hearing that and it's very inspiring and God uses the stories in a very powerful way. Jesus used them all the time. Very effective. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead, Steve. Sorry to hijack your question. I was um, as you're talking through this, I, I'm I'm flashing back to a video instructional video that I saw uh, not too long ago. That was it was um, it was an example of I don't know if it was leadership or getting people involved, but it was. Um, let me know if you've seen this, but it's it was uh, at a concert from a long time ago. And a bunch of people are on the grass and they're listening to the concert. And then there's this one guy that stands up and he's just dancing and going crazy. And everyone's kind of looking around like, you know, what's going on? You know, and then there was, they kind of broke it into phases. Here's this guy. And then another guy stood up and started dancing. And then other people started looking around and then there's a few more and then a few more and then a few more. And then just through amount of time, everybody was up there dancing in this big grass field. So it was kind of a, you know, I think about that when I'm, you know, I don't know if it's a leadership example or getting people involved example, um, because it takes a few really brave in this illustration to, you know, well, the first guy that stood up, most people thought this guy's crazy, but uh, the next guy thought, oh, he's having fun. (laughs) Let's, 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 you know, the, the Randy Whites of the world jumped in. But anyway, do uh, is that an approach for um, is that something you would espouse or is that built into your book or your approach? What, what, do you, what do you feel about that? Steve, that's such a great example. I have seen that video and it's really fascinating because it only took one person and just the sheer enthusiasm made people want to get up and dance. So I think it is really powerful to to model that kind of attitude. Like leaders that I feel are really effective recruiting people is because they're passionate about what they do, about serving. People, it's just contagious. And so people mm-hmm. are like, hey, that looks like fun. I wanna join that. I wanna be part of that, you know? And so for me, even though it's hard for me to talk to strangers, it's actually not that hard for me to 
invite people into ministry because to me, serving is fun. It's like, yeah, you know, there's hard parts and things like that. But when you're doing something that, you know, is making a difference, God is using you and you see that and you see the way that the strengths that he's given to you are being utilized for his glory. Like there's just nothing that compares and there's such a joy that comes out of that. And so I just think, wow, people aren't serving. They're totally missing out. It's fun. It's joyful. It's purposeful. Yeah, that's that's a key attitude, I think, because yeah, I can envision, you know, one of the pastors like, oh, we don't have any more people in the children's ministry. We're really dying back there. We need to help your kids. And, you know, that's one way to promote it. Or, wow, this was super fun. You know, these people got to play with these kids and, you know, or whatever it may be. It's, it's I assume the, the, the approach and a need-based approach, I think, is not the one that's going to be the winner here. No, it's not. But I also... I also some I've heard some leaders say you should never use a needs based approach, but I actually think that works for some people. Oh, okay. Some people, like my husband, for example, he typically doesn't get involved until he hears there's a need for it, and then he's like, "Oh, maybe I should help out with that." There are some people that are attracted to meeting needs, but if it's this desperation, like, "Oh my goodness, things are terrible," you know, we don't have enough leaders for our youth. Yeah, and yeah. Where do I sign up to? Yeah, it's I set up to join that sinking ship. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna sign up for that? Where's the balance there? I mean, so you just Angela, you just said some people do respond to the need, uh, not the extreme, but the need there. I mean, is do you just kind of sprinkle that in every once in a while when you're making announcements or how does that work? <laughs> yeah, I- so, I mean, if there's a legitimate need, you can express it. But I think it really is how you express it, right? It's not the sense of desperation and say, oh, my gosh, these are terrible and everything's just going downhill. We really, really need people. But it's more kind of like, hey, we have an opportunity to make a difference here. And there is a need. You know, this is a need that we can help fulfill. Yeah. That if God is tugging at your heart or, or opening up something, loosening something in you to consider, like, please do. What do you think is is a big obstacle for people that uh, may be sitting for quite a while but don't really want to get involved? I mean, what would you say are what, some of the top obstacles that keep people from being involved in, as a volunteer in their yeah, church? There are, <clears throat> uh, my book does talk about a couple of streams of inertia because there's some primary reasons why people don't serve. I would say from my own personal observation, busyness is a big one. People are just so overloaded with their schedules, especially if you're a parent with kids still living at home, all the activities, you got to shuttle kids here and there, all the school things, people are really overloaded. And so the busyness factor is is a big, I face that in my own life because I travel so much from my work. And so I'm not, I'm not even in my town a lot of the time, you know, and so there are work reasons, there's family reasons, um, things like that. How do you overcome so that? Do you just yeah. do you just give them slack and say, you know what, you're you're busy, your life is busy, and we understand. <laughs> I think some of it is showing grace, but it's also asking, well, what are ways that that person can um, engage in a way that more aligns with what is going on in their life right now? So, for example, some ministries um, require people to always be there in person. You know, and if that's the case, well, that may not work for someone who's traveling. But is there something remote or virtual that that person could be doing while on the road? 
you know, or if they're only at church um, a few times or once a month, like for that time, is there a way for them to attend the service and then maybe do something afterwards or before? So it's creating some flexibility and options for people in how they serve. And acknowledging that, yes, it is kind of a crazy season going on right now. Yeah, I would think it's common misconception that that I mean, people think they, they see the real the the public serving roles and they assume that you know those are the roles that that I could participate in when you're when you're saying there's there's a bunch of stuff that goes on that no one really sees that might be a really good fit or there I assume is that part of the the book is kind of outlining um other opportunities that are may not be the you, you know, I'm not going to be the greeter. You know, that's that's not my spiritual gifting. I'm not may not be the greeter, but all I see every Sunday is the greeter. So now we want me to volunteer. I don't want to be the greeter, but there may be opportunities that aren't seen. Are there ways that church can make those opportunities more visible? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The the behind the scenes roles are so critical. Like our churches cannot function without them. And so, uh, but uh, part of the, part of the thing is like public roles people see, right? Oh, worship team. Yes. Mm. We see people on the stage all the time, mm. but like, do they know there's opportunity to maybe help out with the setup of all the tech production that has to happen beforehand? Do they know that there's help needed for scheduling volunteers? Unless that's explained in some way or publicized in some way, people may not necessarily know. So we're I think just, sometimes part of the communication is is saying there's lots of behind the stuff scenes, uh, behind the scenes stuff too for those of you who enjoy that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few minutes here. So when I was in leadership uh, at my church, one of the things that we did, and I, let me get your thoughts on this, was we we uh, we actually got this from Rick Warren, I think, and that was a class on discovering your gifts, your gifts and your talents, and you go through the class. Uh, I think we called it. 201 or something like that yeah. and uh, maybe it's 301 yeah you're familiar with it right yes. and and uh uh rick's retired now i think isn't he yes yeah 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 have to have coffee with him one of these days but anyhow uh uh and then we would meet with the per- with the people after the class one-on-one and we found at least in my opinion i found that that to be very helpful because we were able to put people in positions that they were more suited for that they were more gifted for. Uh, do you talk about that at all in your book? I mean, what's your thoughts on that whole approach? Oh, I think that is an excellent approach. And the, the, the overall philosophy I have is it's a both and approach. Like there's lots of different things that you can do. And so um, integrating different channels and opportunities for people to engage. For example, something like a spiritual gifts class, in a sense, it attracts the people who are almost convinced to serve. The fact that they would attend the class means that there's some interest there, right? And so, yes, having a guide afterward or an individual afterward that can sit down with them and help them go through the results and talk about what the ministries um, that are available to serve at is really, really helpful because it lowers the barrier. But then also there need to be approaches for other people who may never even get to the class because serving is not a really high priority for them. So yeah, it's looking at that whole continuum and saying, how can we make sure that we hit all the people on those different stages? So as you look at churches that have a very vibrant volunteer 
culture and systems and stuff. What are, are there, are there, I hate to boil everything down, but if there was like three, two or three nuggets um, that you could pick out, you know, what they may be doing right. Well, how would you, how would you, what, what would you say about that? What would those two or three things be that they're doing, doing better than the other churches? Are you talking about only culture or like the whole thing? The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, there's a key leader identified is a huge one. There's someone where it's like it's on their shoulders. They're thinking about it. They're making sure that something is being done to vol- to mobilize volunteers. Because if it's everybody's responsibility, then in a way it becomes nobody's responsibility, right? Or you end up with competition. And so is there a key person? And I think even better is two key people that can partner together um, in helping to mobilize the church and, and ensuring that there's communication going on, inspiration, all of that and systems being developed. I think the other key is that there is um, volunteer, I don't know what the word is, volunteer care and appreciation and celebration that's going on. That's a huge piece of what I see. These churches that are thriving, like they're cheering people on. They have events. They send them notes for their birthday. People are like, I love serving here. And then what will happen? They'll invite their friends. And so that really, that really um, becomes kind of like this ex- exponential uh, impact because all the preaching is going on. And then the other part is just some kind of really easy sign up mechanism system. So that if someone says they're interested, they're immediately followed up, they're connected with the ministry, and that person doesn't fall through the cracks, the ministry leader actually follows up. All right. Well, those are great little pillars of uh, of the system. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, removing obstacles. I, I have found in some churches sometimes they sometimes they'll put these obstacles up <laughs> that keep people <laughs> from volunteering. You know, uh, and it can be that struggling. All right. So, as we wrap up here, uh, what would you say to a pastor listening to this podcast right now? that is just down, that is just struggling, that, you know, there's so much to do in the church, our volunteers, there's only a couple of them, they're, they're inconsistent, they're sporadic, they're flaky. <laughs> what would you say to a pastor listening right now that's really going through it in this department, in this area? Uh, yeah, and that really is a story that I'm hearing quite a bit, especially post-pandemic, Churches are really struggling to find volunteers and the commitment level doesn't seem to be there as much. So um, the uh, I think the thing to encourage or think about is what's the bright spot? What's the one thing that you see is going really well? Is there one person that there's potential in them and you could pour into and perhaps it could grow from there? I think what's discouraging is looking at all the things that we can't control but is there something or someone God has put in your life that there's something that you could maybe spend a little time on, pray for more, some opportunity that God might grow as a result? For me, it's just take the next step, just the one yeah. step. Yeah. What is that that God is putting in your heart? Absolutely. All right. So the book is called The Volunteer Bridge, A Practical Approach for Moving People from Sitting to Serving. Angela Yi has been our guest. So, Angela, how can people get a hold of you? Should they just go to your website? What's the best way for people to, you know, find yeah, out more yeah. about you, talk to you? Just yes, Angela. my website. Yeah, good. Angela, what is it? Angela, Tell us what it is. 
It's AngelaYee.com. That's Y-E-E with two E's. Okay. And there's a little video there that where I draw the little diagram with the bridge. So you kind of see how it works. Uh, there's some information on and a link to the book there. And then there's also just other leadership articles, you know, that you're free to read if you if you're interested. Yeah. So I, I was reading in your bio that uh, I don't know if you're still in this position, chief ministry officer of a church denomination. What is that? <laughs> so so we do a lot of mission work. So I serve as the chief ministry officer of the Evangelical Covenant Church denomination, and we serve local churches. Um, and so the chief ministry officer um, under me are the executive ministers who are over our different ministry areas. So like church church planting, um, clergy credentialing, and so forth. That's Good. what the chief okay. ministry officer does. So what's the future hold for you? You're, so you're going to be moving out of that position? I am. What's next for you? In October, yeah. And so I was a long time in the local church field, and I feel called to be able to resource and support pastors and leaders, church leaders. Yeah. And so I will return to the church consulting field. All right. Good deal. All right. Great. Well, this is awesome. All right. So uh, check her out. Check out the book, The Volunteer Bridge, A Practical Approach to uh, for moving people from sitting to uh, serving. So it sounds like a great book. I'm sorry we haven't read it. We we have a lot going on here. No and problem. so we're not your typical podcast. We do a lot of things here. So many times we don't read the books. Steve listens to books. Um, that's how he gets away with things. But I can't listen and do things at the same time. I don't know what, why that is, but must be talented, no Steve. Must be nice to be multitasking. All right. So uh, before, as we wrap up here, and again, I want to thank you, a Angela, for being our guest. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We, we definitely need to have you on again. Uh, I want to encourage people to, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the Church Solutions Podcast, that's us. Subscribe, give us a rating, uh, check us out. We've got lots of resources for you. You can always go to streamingchurch.tv and check out our resources as well as other things. And don't forget our uh, webinars are every month now. And this one coming up May 16th is going to be on software live encoders. So sign up for that. Just go to our website. Just go to streamingchurch.tv web slash webinar. Right, Steve, did I get that right? You register before the webinar says so webinar.streamingchurch.tv. Okay. Yeah, that's a little trick. Webinar dot webinar dot streaming church dot TV. I don't know. I screwed it up. You've I'm going away now. I'm leaving us. <laughs> You've done great. All right. Thank you so much. All right. So we're done here uh, again. Thank you, Angela. Thank you so much. And on behalf of Steve Lacey, I'm Phil Thompson. And thank you for uh, being a part of our podcast today. Uh, please take care of yourselves and each other. We'll catch you again on another episode of the Church Solutions Podcast. Mm -hmm.